And again, if, if getting nailed to a cross is a good Friday for him, what's a fucked up one like? <laughs> All right, I'm going to read the entire show off my phone. Excellent. Will. It. Dildo. (laughs) Okay, you have to stop with your game show ideas. Very moist. Okay, well... (laughs) The printer didn't work, so now I have to read my notes off my phone. Well, it's Good Friday. And a thing has happened that I didn't expect to happen, and you know what that means... (laughs) <laughs> Instant meltdown. I have gone crazy. <laughs> I had a lot of things to... Oh, God, the phone's going to time out. I'm going to have to constantly have to keep... Well, you can turn uh, out the turn off the auto lock thing. Oh, fuck balls. How do I do that? Well, you go into settings. Jesus Christ, monkey balls. <laughs> well, this is what we get for working on the Lord's Crucifixion Day. I think this is a sign from the Lord. Look, <laughs> you can actually see the where I bite down on the chips. Yes, I'm aware. I edit the show. All right, I'm going to try and pull it together now, and not to death. What are we doing? Oh, the podcast. Yes, that's right. What, what are you looking incredulous at? No, your beautiful toenails again. Stop I'm so, it. Oh, you have such beautiful feet. You seriously do. I'm so envious. There isn't... Mine have got horrible bunion-y things. You've just got beautiful feet. You like that? You should check out Admiral Johnson. <laughs> you can uh, seriously do foot modelling. Your feet are lovely. Obviously, you look after them. Better than I've looked after mine. The thing is, and this is the theory that I have, mm. I've never worn a pair of uncomfortable shoes in my life. Ah, uh, that will be it. Because... And that's the thing with all these model-type broads. Oh. They've always got jacked-up feet from oh. the, the bad shoe situation. Yeah. Uh, at the podcast. Yes. Uh, oh, welcome to the Royal Gossip Podcast, <laughs> I guess. I'm Joe, your lovely host, and joining me as always, Katie, you're here. I am here. And uh, happy Good Friday? Happy? No, I think it's a solemn and reflective oh, Good Friday okay, because it's, right. you know, we're commemorating the big nail up so that was and in in our part of the world it's it's actually illegal to sell alcohol on this day oh yes and because Sunday remember that or monday no no Sunday. just today oh really remember that time i had the uh, titanic dinner party and everybody decided on the on the good friday and everybody decided oh i'll just grab my bottle on the way to the party oh, and about six of you was. fuckers rolled up with We've been to every bottle in town and they're all closed. And I'm going, it's Good Friday, you morons. And you're like, oh. Oh. We did not have a lot of alcohol at that party, did we, Joey Jojo? Well, you would think in that case I would remember it. (laughs) Well, the Queen was triumphant this week. Was she? Tell us. She was out and about on her first in-person outing. Mm-hmm. In-person outing. <laughs> well, she's been outing herself. You're gay. You're, you're gay. <laughs> you're gay. And you, sir, come on. You, sir, are You flaming. in the bow tie. Who are you fooling? Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's done some Zoom interactions, but this was the first time she was actually out and about. Looking resplendent in a lovely lime outfit. I did like that outfit. I, I do admire her hats. Oh, yes. I was looking at that thinking... 
I wonder if that's a Stephen Jones or what's the other guy, Philip Tracy? Yes. Those are her two milliners. Yeah, that one was a fairly conservative one. It wasn't, yeah. But then but she doesn't really go in for wacky hats. No, I was looking at it last night thinking how you would construct that and I thought, who's ever making that hat isn't getting paid enough. There's a lot of work in it. Gone are the days, really. She's going to be the last of the Mohicans there. I can't imagine oh. when Camilla becomes queen, she's going to take up wearing hats. Well, you know, kind of hope she'd wear a burqa or something. Oh, my God! <laughs> you <laughs> leave her alone. Sorry. That's uncalled for. Face-shaming people. We've As... been doing that all this week. Sorry. We have? Well, <laughs> you. You called Harry Prince of Dumbarton. <laughs> I said he was the Earl of Dumfaston. Oh, okay. All right, well. And also, because I was listening back to the show last week, and I realised you have been vilifying Prince William for looking like a lumpy potato or something. <laughs> a lipless potato. And, and when I turned on Prince Harry last week, you were like... He's, he's my boyfriend. You can't say those things about him. You he like, doesn't know it yet, but... <laughs> you were like Lady Crackner. You're like, oh... I don't think we should attack people's appearances. Move on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I'm Chandler of this show, Pot remember? Kettle, I can dish it out, but I can't <laughs> take it. You know the rules, dude. So uh, the Queen was wearing her wattle brooch that she was uh, gifted by the peoples of Australia because, of course, she was out commemorating the 100th anniversary of the... RAAF. The Royal Australian Air Force. Exactly. And good for her. It was quite a special show. Did you watch that? Uh, they had flybys in Canberra and everything Oh, like really? That. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I know nothing about anything. <laughs> this is how you keep yourself fresh and, and sane. Yes. Yes, you don't engage with straight society. No. No. I'm not here to find things out. <laughs> and Her Majesty had an equerry with her to lay the wreath on her behalf because... She can't do the backwards walk? Well, I was thinking... Well, there's that, but also, like, I feel at my delicate age that bending over is... What you know, is wrong with all of us? Like... Every person I talk to, is it because we've had a year sitting down doing Zoom calls? Everyone's got back problems. Everyone's in pain. Correct. It's it's insane. Like you, like people go, oh, no, I can't do that anymore. And, you know, just chatting to a good friend today, she said, I could plank for two minutes before all of this and she can't even plank for 30 seconds now. Now everybody's the people on the spaceship and Wally. <gasps> That's what it is. That is what it is, isn't it? Now everybody is like hedonism bot. <laughs> Once you don't leave the house for six months, you're like, well, now standing up is an unnatural pose for me. Yeah, because I, I look at my Facebook things and a year and a half ago, I was running for an hour on a treadmill and now it's like I'm running my luck just trying to walk up the stairs to so the studio. I, like, I mean, if I bend over to lay a wreath, I'd put even money on me getting up again. <laughs> That'd be the good morning sunshine manoeuvre from you if you did that. It'd be a reverse hello boys down the stairs. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was reading a thing this week about that um, good speech makers don't laugh at their own jokes. And I think, well, obviously we're I'm proud serious <laughs> because trouble. I laugh at everything you say and we're supposed we're, to be straight faced. And thankfully I don't amuse myself. Otherwise, that <laughs> would be really not, pathetic. That's not what I read on your Tinder profile. No, well, that's a different kind of... Amusing. Anywho, <laughs> being Easter, we won't have the recap of everybody's Easter until next week, but I can't imagine it's going to be very bombshell-filled. Later, Reeves. But we didn't have uh, Maundy Tuesday, of course. That was called off due to the pandy. What is Maundy Tuesday? That's where the Queen does a bit of a... It's now ceremonial, but she hands out bags of coins to pensioners. 
which goes back to Tudor times. It's a very old tradition. Where they but, used to beat people with the bags of coins. Yeah, where Henry VIII would just beat people with his coin purse. And that better not be a euphemism. <laughs> so they hand out fancy gold coins, and obviously people from various denominations... Um, and I was like, why are they only including Christians? And I'm like, oh, it's an Easter thing. So that's why she's doing it. But it's an alms to the poor. And they basically pick pensioners who mm. are community leaders, people who are active with their church in charity and uh, charitable so types. we are fucked then. Yes, shan't be getting one of them. No, we shan't. Won't be getting coin pursed by the Queen anytime <laughs> soon, either of us. <laughs> well, I've been coin pursed by a Queen, but that's probably a story for a different podcast. Let's not start that point. That's sounding like another one of your game show ideas. <laughs> Can it coin purse? Name that anyway. Today is well. This week was, of course, the second worst week for the royal horologists. Why is that? Well, the, the worst one is where they have to put all the clocks back an hour, but the second worst is when they have to put them forward an hour. Oh, it's because the. With them, they have to put them backwards. They don't actually go backwards. They've got to wind them Yeah, forward. most old clocks, and actually it's a general rule for clocks that you shouldn't wind them backwards for reasons I don't fully understand. That makes sense. Uh, but over a thousand clocks across Her Majesty's residences need to be kept going at all times for the good of the clock. Mm. And I don't know why a clock is better off going, because wouldn't that wear it down faster? But some of them are hundreds of years old, so what do I know? Maybe they rust if they sit still for too long. Like I have this year. Like we have, then yes. <clears throat> that is definitely a thing that's happened. Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall finished their production of Greece to... Uh... <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. And I could tell you a lot, but just imagine they attended every war memorial banquet. There was a parade. God bless them. How it would be so boring. And well, you can't not look riveted by all of it. I know. Like, I'm not saying that their future madges are on drugs, but I'm thinking, like, you you have a lot more sympathy for, um, you know, leaders when you find out that they've got an alcohol problem because you just think, well, you're sitting there having a conversation with the first or second person of the country and all they've done is order butlers around for the last 10 years and you're trying to have a conversation with them and be enthusiastic about it. I mean, you know, you and I love a, love a drink, but... Yeah. <clears throat> Don't you love monocles? So much fun to drop in your soup bell when you're shocked <laughs> by something. I mean, what are these conversations? What? Yeah, what conversations can you have? And also, the Prince of Wales was honoured with the Gold Medal of Honour for services to Greece. And it looked like a necklace that Rick Ross would wear. So what a practical gift for Prince Charles. Is Prince Charles going to do with an enormous gold chain with a huge medallion on it? Well, probably put it around one of the corgis' necks and sort of, you know, strut his stuff down not, the street. Not really a practical gift for anybody. And I don't know where he's going to wear that, and I assume he never will. But... In the bedroom. Oh, no, I now picture him <laughs> sash. No, don't. I can't Call even Call me it. Danny, Sandy. Um, My name is Camilla. <laughs> I don't know why I'm playing English. Plays Sandy. Oh, yeah, also. <laughs> I know. I've got to stop doing Every English accents. person Sounds is like... a drunken Cockney washerwoman <laughs> waiting to get killed by Jack the Ripper. If you're new to our podcast, I can't do accents. The it's, woman it's, of it's a you... one voice. <laughs> it's universally known that my accent is um, cultural appropriation and wrong. So then Prince Charles says, I've lost a farthing, I have. <laughs> Idiot. 
So we don't know what he's going to do with this. Well, he might put it out on display. Yeah, it's going to blind someone. It's ridiculous. Prince Charles also sent a message to the Welsh rugby team, congratulating them on winning the Six Nations Championship. And, of course, the Triple Crown. And I love how now they go, and, of course, the Triple Crown, like anyone has any clue what any of that is or is. There's no, I guarantee you, in the Welsh rugby team, there are probably only about three people who are actually born in Wales. Because I told you a little while ago, I'm sure, that when I was younger, they put a four-page ad in the Australian newspaper looking for Australians who had a grandparent who was born in Wales or a parent who was born in Wales to come and play rugby for the Welsh rugby team because they couldn't get enough starters in Wales. So you could be in for a Guernsey, I could have been, and I was like, I've got to send this to my two male cousins who um, descended along that line. And then I thought, well... One's a hairdresser and the other one lifts cars, so I don't think either of them could. I don't mean stealing cars, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know, right. When they, he they, installs. Uh... No, no, he does those, you know, where they lift them and lower them and do the. Oh, he's a strong man. No, you know, mechanic, but he does all the mod- car modifications. <laughs> you know me, I can't, I can't point to one car. Car modifications is what I meant to right, say. Right, okay. He, he was, I'm sorry to put you on the spot. English specialist... isn't your forte, I know. I know, I'm Welsh. Um <laughs> No, specialist car modifications that weren't always entirely legal, so he probably couldn't Oh, have I see. Right. So. Hilarious topic. The Duchess met with British Rail for their Rail to Refuge scheme, which lets women fleeing a domestic oh, violence situation yeah, saw that. get a free train ride, which is uh, it's one of those terrible that that has to exist. Mm. I shared that on our um, page, I think. And the, and the Duchess also visited Camson's Pharmacy's new warehouse. And when I read that she was going to meet a weasel robot. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink. <laughs> don't drink. I don't want to damage the microphone. Sorry. Right. Well, I'm editing that noise out. <laughs> Sounded like you were choking a robot weasel. <laughs> so to speak. Oh, my goodness. And they were very disappointing, the weasel robots. Were they? Because they're just like a little warehouse robot. They're basically like a side table that moves around on a track. And I'm like, I don't know why they call them weasel robots, but... I would put googly eyes on them if you're going to give them a name like that. Well, they're probably very sneaky and underhanded. Sorry to all the weasel lovers out there. Uh, I was going to make a... Pun about my surname? Yes, I was, but you're using your maiden name, so it wouldn't work. I'm using my maiden name, so it doesn't work, no. As a member of the weasel family, I would think that (laughs) (laughs) I'm a stoat. Yeah, it's Katie Stoat Weasel. (laughs) Sounds like someone that would be friends with... Have you met Katie Stoat Weasel? (laughs) She's friends with uh, Tarquin. What is in that passion fruit soft drink? The uh, the sugar. The, oh, I see. You going a bit, don't mind mm. if I do? Oh. oh, great. This is starting very well. Yes, but it's going to end in a horrible slump of me crying later on. Why don't you love Excellent. me? Excellent. Why can't I fit into my ski pants? It's <laughs> oddly specific, so we're going to be talking about that later. Her Royal Highness, the Princess Royal, kicking goals all over the place, was sending a message to the Scottish rugby team to mark the 150th anniversary of their first rugby match. So 150th? Yeah, I think they invented it, didn't they? Or did the Welsh invent rugby? Some I'm list, not sure some my people invented is any sports. ripping their hair out right now. Their <laughs> heads are exploding. If you'd like to come and join us on the occasional gig on sports commentary, contact Phil Oh, and HR. now the man has passed the ball to that other man. Yes. And now they all seem pleased. <laughs> Good show, chaps. Their Royal Highnesses, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, were also busy. The Earl was speaking to Hall for Cornwall, the theatre. Paul? P-A-U-L? Hall. Oh, Hall. Hall for Cornwall, 
is a hall in Cornwall. Okay. Where they do Cornwall Hall activities. Mainly... <laughs> Appalling. The, ele- the legitimate <laughs> theatre. Ah. And he was speaking to them on World Theatre Day. And what a great day and year it's been for theatre. Oh, gosh. Well, I think... Um, well, sorry, I know this is true that... Um, our state where we live in, Queensland, Brisbane, um, ours is the only theatre company in the entire world that is currently doing performances because um, of COVID. Everything's shut down everywhere. So I got to go to the theatre last weekend and see an incredible production. Oh, yes. I'm sure it wasn't. What was it? Uh, no, no, no. It was really good. I can't remember the actual name of it now, but it was... <laughs> it really made quite an impression. <laughs> no, no. It was an amazing group called the uh, Curators, but it was about um, the... Uh, French Revolution and um, these four women who all in their own ways over um, and included Marie Antoinette. It was just brilliantly done, singing, That's, dancing. That sounds patently dreadful. I know. I was describing it to my husband. He goes, well, I'm very glad you went without me. <laughs> I was hoping it was more like a, something really obvious and classic. You're like, I can't remember what it was called, but they did mention Oklahoma quite a bit during the show. <laughs> there was, they brought in an elephant to check how high the corn was. <laughs> Now, well, I think it's because I haven't probably been to the theatre for a little while. At, uh... I think to survive when they actually allow people back to the theatres, they need to come up with a new strategy like putting on a bearable show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And gem with a crowbar. The Countess of Wessex was, of course, doing more meetings for her Freedom From Torture campaign to find solutions for gotta... ending sexual violence in conflict, which is another hilarious uh, you gotta topic. Give it to but she Sophie. puts a she huge doesn't... amount of work into that stuff. She doesn't shy away from the tough stuff. But on to our inspirations. Qu'est-ce que c'est les inspirations? <laughs> the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Who firstly shared a message thanking everybody who's been part of their Time to Change campaign to end mental health stigma. And good for them, I say. And good for them, I say. What? You're not understanding the concept of radio. Oh. so me Now you say something. <laughs> well... Isn't that very timely of them? <laughs> the campaign's been going on. This is the other thing with you people. <laughs> oh, oh, so now it's, oh, it's you, you people. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see where it's going. Now everything they do is, a, is now gets to be labelled as a reaction to <laughs> so certain other people and their <laughs> activities. This is what they've always done. This is what they do. This is what both sides do. So let's just not put it on one side. They both do it. Um, Anyway, please continue. Also, the Duchess triumphant. She has produced a coffee table book of the top 100 photos from her hold still. We uh, should get a copy for the office. We should get a coffee table for the office. Phil, when you play this back. (laughs) We should get a giant hookah bong for the office. We need an aquarium in here. Let's make it like a 70s drug deal, but we need some black light pictures of Elvis. Yes! Oh, my God. Yes, we do. We'll, we'll happily promote anybody who wants to offer us any of those things at a discounted rate or 100% discounted. And the Duke of Cambridge donned his RAF uniform to give a little speech, also marking the 100th anniversary of the Royal Australian Air Force. I know. So I saw wasn't that. that lovely of him? I couldn't watch too much of it, though, because my, you know, the um, light was bouncing off his ball patch and hitting me in the eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll get to how sexy he is, which is now a scientific fact. Oh, please. He looks like that extra from Alien. Lance Hendrickson? <laughs> no. 
Are you saying one of the uh, architects from Prometheus? Yes. <laughs> Why am I helping you? <laughs> the Duke paid tribute to serving personnel, saying the 100th anniversary of the Royal Australian Air Force gives us an opportunity to reflect on the service, courage and sacrifice made by generations of airmen and women in Australia and around the world. Mm-hmm. It's not saying air person. This thing where they go senior air woman just sounds weird. Do we it, Like, is the gender of the person even relevant at this point? Well, I'm making a point now to say service person because, and come at me, bitches. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew think... we needed you to, to get a catchphrase going, but I don't think come at me, bitches is working. You're... Well, our Patreon, one of our Patreon ladies said that she thought that was hilarious. Oh, okay. Um, so... I'm not going to put come at me, bitches on a T-shirt <laughs> in the merch store. Now I've said it, we have to. <laughs> Um, the reason that I'm saying service person is because the United States military service has an all-encompassing medical fund. It's one of the few options for uh, transgendered people to, if they wish to have the um, the, um, the gender realignment surgery. That oh, no, that's not. What? You want to say gender confirmation surgery. Yes, I was just, that's why I hesitated because I couldn't remember um, the technical term. You bigot. Oh, don't come at me. But Also on the back of the shirt it says, or don't come at me, bitches, <laughs> depending on what I've said. <laughs> because it is an area, of course, not being um, trans myself that I have to, to be, tread carefully because I know that also people choose not to have the surgery and that's absolutely none of my business one way or the other. But there are people who serve who don't want to be identified as a serviceman or a servicewoman. Of course. And, uh, you know, a respectful way to do that is a service person. I think so. in a weird way that then also others you out. I think mm. we just need one generic non-gendered term for everybody. Yes. Dude. No? Dude or food, as I thought was hilarious. Um, no, somebody put up on their dating profile that their pronouns were they and them. And uh, this guy was chatting that person up and said, um, oh, can I call you food? <laughs> and they loved it. Food. Hey, food. So, Sorry, I've taken this completely off track here. That's all right. I'll get back on track with an incredibly hilarious joke about non-binary people. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. How does a non-binary samurai kill people? I don't know. They slash them. They slash oh, them. Oh, huh? I apologise. <laughs> Did you pick that up in one of your non-binary online groups again? Sport groups. Civil groups. Prince William continued. Yes. In conflict and in peace, the Royal Australian Air Force has developed an outstanding reputation for resilience, innovation and dedication to duty. Over the last 12 months, Australia has faced, ch- Australia has faced the challenges of terrible bushfires and a global pandemic. The Royal Australian Air Force has once again shown its ability to respond quickly to supporting Australians in need. And haven't they? Because mm. we've... I mean, we've got off lightly with the pandy to a degree. Oh, massive. But we've also had... Floods. We've had fire, flood, then the flood got oh. set on fire. Oh, and the locust. Don't forget the locust plague and the mice plague we've also had. Oh, I looked at that mouse plague 
I would cut my own throat if I was stuck in that. I know. It's like, can we set the mice onto the spider plague that we also had? And for our listeners who think we're making this up, we are not making this up. I mean, where I live, I have to daily worry about whether a spider is going to kill me or or if the snake will get to me first. What is coming next? All I can say is, Pharaoh, please let my people go. (laughs) Because it's the hail to fire and and the people... Oh, and the ox blood. Or and something. we have cane toads that are a regular feature that can kill you or blind you. So you know that's fun too. Why are we living here again? Is this like? I know. Did we lose a competition or something? No, no. Well, somebody stole a loaf of bread in most cases. Oh, okay. We need to go to Canada. Yeah. Ooh. Justin. Yeah. Oh. You. So. <laughs> Moving on, of course, to their not royal highnesses, former family members, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Much loved former family members. Much loved. <laughs> the websites had a refresh and a lot more content put onto it. What, to be honest, I haven't looked at it. Well, there's not a lot more content onto it. They've basically <laughs> published two articles. Mm. And I say they really need to get cracking and do something. I mean, what are they up to? The website's got bugger all on it after many, many months. Mm. But she's a pregnant woman. Oh, yeah, she is. Oh, yeah, okay, maybe that lets her off the hook. Also, it's been four months since the first episode of this podcast. How often are they planning on doing this alleged podcast? I mean... Well, this is the thing. Somebody was commenting on the Vogue article, which I briefly scanned about how after the baby, the second baby arrives, they're going to take some time off, and people are going, oh, well, they're not working now. The thing is, nobody knows what they're doing because they're not... What? They're planning to take a break? Oh, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> you didn't know Come that on. Harry had been working at that, that start-up oh, for I two months. he has jobs. Yeah, that really got him downstairs peddling to keep the lights no, on. No, he's that working place. with Oprah. He's working with Oprah on the mental health series. He's got three jobs going at the moment. and I've forgotten what the third one is, to be honest. Um, he's There's doing the, the, the better-up. The, he's doing the better-up the... thing, where he's been for two months, apparently. And, and they he's didn't part of that. Him. Weirdo think tank who are trying to stifle free speech, whatever they're called, the, the institute. <laughs> well, maybe of that's the third one, and then he's doing the thing with Oprah. Yes, but he also has Cenobal running in the background, and um, well, he can't and... have his games anytime soon. The way things are headed, no, but they're going to do the Olympics, so maybe they're... are they really? Mm. Well, I can't put it off again. No, so um, and look, we honestly don't know what Megan's working on, and um, I'm sure that they'll come forward. I mean, her way of doing stuff, and and. Listen, if you're working on producing a whole other human being, you're off the hook in my book. I'll I'll let her slide on that one. Um, And she does... Don't come at me, bitches. Um, Right, okay. Now it's getting out of hand. No, 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 no. (laughs) This is going to sound like I'm I'm dissing Megan, which I'm not. Oh, good. (laughs) my medication. (laughs) Once you are over a certain age, and I think it's about 36 or 38, they medically class you as a geriatric pregnancy and i'm not kidding about that oh so it's a high risk it's a very high risk and is she planning to have this baby at home i don't know what the story is and, and that's absolutely that. absolutely whatever her decision is that's her business no but, i don't think it is i think it's my business and that's not right <laughs> but it is there there does come even when you are as healthy as she is, and she really is, um, there are certain things you just cannot escape, um, you know, health-wise. And, you know, being being as fit and as flexible and as a healthy eating as she is, um, she probably falls into a lower-risk geriatric pregnancy. But, yeah, there are all sorts of issues that go with that. So, um, 
given the amount of stress that they're under, whether that's, don't say that that's their own fault, but, you know, whatever amount of stress that they've got coming at them can't be great for pregnancy either. I mean, you know what I went through with mine. So. No, she's happy as a clam now. Problem solved. <laughs> she said she was ecstatically happy now. Okay. So, you know. Now. Oh, one more thing about the website, which is on the front page. They did have a picture of Archie. And he is very cute. Oh, I didn't see that either. Well, I'm just an idiot. So, are we going to talk about um, Princess Beatrice? Because um, you never really mentioned their activities, and I noticed there was some stuff up um, who talking about books this week. Well, I was going to summarise them next week because there's a lot to get. Oh, we've, okay. We've already been talking for quite a while, and <laughs> we've got to nothing as usual. <laughs> And we we need to definitively get to the bottom of a few things here. Oh, God. Okay. The wedding. Yes. And the other wedding. Mm -hmm. I had sort of fallen on the side of, why would she possibly make that up? Mm. That that would be wacky. But then, considering some of the stuff she's made up, really isn't that wacky. Allegedly, in your mind. I think the Archbishop of Canterbury might now be hinting that it didn't happen. Where I thought what he was saying was fairly agnostic of that. But they spoke to someone and he said... He put out a statement. He did, but he was asked something in an Italian magazine called Mm. Catholic Weekly or something. You can imagine. Uh, If any of you ever... This is the uh, AFC talking now. Mm. If any of you talk to a priest, you expect them to keep that talk confidential. I'm sorry, I should have said it like a person from the Church of England. (laughs) If any of you ever talk... I can't keep that up. If any of you ever talk to a priest, you expect them to keep that talk confidential. It doesn't matter who I'm talking to. I had a number of private and pastoral meetings with the Duke and Duchess before the wedding. The legal wedding was on the Saturday. I signed the wedding certificate, which is a legal document, and I would have committed a serious criminal offence if I signed it knowing it was false. Mm-hmm. So you can make what you like about it. But the legal wedding was on Saturday, but I won't say what happened in any other meetings. Yeah. What someone pointed out was that the Archbishop talks about the law. There's the actual law, where you're uh, welcome to stage as many weddings as you want. Mm-hmm. Under canon law of the Church of England, mm-hmm. the Archbishop can't marry, can't do a ceremony where he marries the same people twice. It's against the rules of the Church of England, and they're saying that it would be irreligious in his mind to do it, and that he's hinting towards the fact that he didn't do it, but he doesn't want to get drawn into denying what Megan said happened. And you, I, I'm agnostic of what's going on, but there is I, that reading in it. And when that person said that, I initially had this thing of, I don't think, I think the Archbishop, because the Church of England, they're strict guidelines around marriage ceremonies is the reason they exist Mm. and they haven't been real flexible on it and i did initially think oh i feel like the archbishop would think it was irreligious to do two weddings for the same person even if there was no paperwork in his mind the religiosity of it the uh, in terms of the paperwork that gets sent to jesus Mm. he doesn't jesus doesn't like duplicate wedding certificates being sent to him through the holy mailbox so i can envision a world where the archbishop wouldn't marry the same people twice because someone was pointing out that is strictly the rules. But then I come back to, even with some of the stuff she said that has an agenda, that's a crazy thing to lie about. 
I see. So my I take, don't know. My take on that is um, that, as he said, um, you, he's not going to talk about what went on in the meeting. And I, you know, this is one of those things that everybody's going, why is this still an issue? Like, it's not, it doesn't matter where you fall on this. There are people, people who are anti-Megan and who believe that they exchanged the vows beforehand said, then why did you put us through this other wedding? And my understanding is that, I don't know whether Megan and Harry made the statement, but they wanted to have a smaller wedding, but were told that they couldn't, and the bigger thing had to be for the family. I don't know. That's what I saw online this week. I've been avoiding a lot of this conversation because I've been doing my head in. But I, for my first wedding, did do a reading of the vows in front of a minister with my then future husband prior to the wedding. When you do the dress rehearsal, you go through there and you have your little book and you read the whole thing through so you know what's going to be said. And he says, and this is the point that I'll pass the ring to you and you go Oh, like a natural rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, but you actually recite the vows. Um, I can't remember, but did Megan say we wrote our own vows and did something? I feel like... I either inserted that. I feel like she... I think she did say that they had personal vows. Yeah. Because that's not something you can interject into a High Church of England wedding. And maybe they did do that. I mean, he hasn't said that they... And that would certainly not fit in with the definition of a Church of England. That would also make... And again, that would have the Archbishop presiding over something that's not, strictly speaking, a valid High Church of England wedding. Which, the more I think about it, I don't think he would do that. I don't think he can do that. But if they're standing and saying, look, this is this is what we wanted to say, can we say these in front of you? I mean, he could have said what you would say is something akin to, of course they wouldn't let uh, Prince Charles and Camilla get married in the church, which was petty and ridiculous. They basically had a registry wedding and then they had a blessing ceremony. So That's I what I should bring up. I could envision <laughs> that the archbishop would say to them, I can do a... You can have some vows and I'll bless the union and then Mm. we'll have the wedding. Mm. There would be some sort of loophole around it. Mm. But I don't... I mean, you didn't come out of the wedding rehearsal considering yourself married at that point. No, but there are... A rehearsal or having an actual private ceremony before the real ceremony Mm. is very different. Mm. Um, You are just acting it out at the rehearsal. There was a point I was about to make and it just went... You're in love with me. <laughs> We're doomed. all the time. We're doomed. Um, but we have to move on, I'm afraid yes. you're out of time. Yes, all right. Go Can for you it. really not remember? No, I can't. Sorry. On to the bombshell of the week. The naming of the person who had the conversation uh, about the skin tone conversation. Oh, this is they're throwing someone else under the bus, aren't they? And from a this, very reliable source. It comes from an impeachable source. I know. Of course, we refer to our friend of the show, Lady Colin Campbell. <laughs> and what a lovely woman she is, too. I actually... Um, she's absolutely a kook. I don't mind her. And I, I'll tell you what she is. She's, uh, with an asterisk, a good source. Mm. 
She's a very good source. She doesn't make things up. So she's a good source of what the gossip is. Yes. When she says a lot of people are saying X, mm. it's true. A lot of people are saying it. Yeah. Doesn't add to the veracity of whether that's true, but that is definitely the story doing the rounds. And for people who don't know about Lady Colin Campbell, she made a bit of a name for herself, not because she was an exceptional researcher, and Joe pointed this out in earlier episodes, because... There was a lot of secrecy around um, the late Princess of Wales, Diana, uh, her eating disorders and various things that were going on that were well known in the upper class circles and a lot of the reporters knew about it but chose not to speak about it. For the, um, it was what then considered that you didn't discuss mental health issues and that way people had some privacy to recover. But... She wrote a book about Diana and revealed all this stuff that was actually well known by a lot of other reporters and journalists and writers, but who chose out of courtesy not to write it. And so yes. everyone thought she was, people who weren't in the know of that thought she was revealing stuff that she'd obtained through some sort of method, secret research method, when in fact she was just repeating stuff that anyone in that circle knew. She was just... Yeah, yes. willing to speak. As someone out. pointed out, like people treat her like she's not a credible source. Mm. She wasn't wrong about anything. That, that was all true. Everything yeah, she yeah, said in the book was true. true. But it wasn't be because truth. of her great skill of research that no, she came no, across no. it. She's, she's not just, a great researcher. No, she's a gossiping old nag. <laughs> and thank God. <laughs> I was gonna say, and what we are judge we judge that. <laughs> we can't judge the, that. The Royal Factual Statement Podcast. <laughs> That's exactly don't like right. people gossiping. No, no, no. Lady Collins, our patron saint, so I don't know why we're not judging her. I know, her. and I'm starting to look like her more and more every day. Aren't we all? <laughs> so she confirmed that the racist royal who upset Harry... It's, and I don't believe this for a minute. ...was Princess Anne. Not for a minute. This is absolutely the story, mm. and I find it picturable. I mean, what, what can be my standard for whether this is true or not? We'll never know, mm. maybe. Basically, the inference seems to be that Princess Anne thought that Meghan was uncouth and not suitable and was a manipulative person. Oh, I can believe Anne would think that. That she was culturally ignorant and she wouldn't put the work in. Well, she's wrong about that. Not about being... This comes back to the... Sorry, Sorry, I was going to say, she was culturally ignorant in that, but I I mean, that's a horrible... Horrible way it's to put it. It's a nasty way to put a cultural but difference. this yeah. is the thing, and, you know, shout out to my hardworking English friends, but one of the things that <laughs> there's a tradition in our town, Joey Jojo and I didn't do it, but there is a tradition when you finish university here, you go off and you do a gap year in London. And the Londoners love when the Australians come over because we have a really tough, very hard working system here in comparison to other parts of the world and I'm not trying to big notice employers expect a lot for their coin over here so you don't get to slack off even though we've got great unions and that sort of thing oh yes they go to London and they rock up at the office at seven o'clock in the morning and it's another two to three hours before anybody else surfaces into the office and it's not unheard of for Australians to work from seven o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night in an office job And I'd find, you know, there are a lot of people who start at eight and finish at six. My point with all of that is that um, when you meet English people and they talk to you about that, they're quite stunned. And if you want to make it anywhere in private industry here, you have to work your guts out for those hours. And I know that Megan is a very hard worker. So she wandered into the office 
thinking, well, the palace is such a huge organisation and people are going to work like this as well. Totally did not understand that um, the culture is very different over there. Did she, well, we've discussed with yeah. the cultural difference, how she could have come across to them as being abrupt or rude or Oh, whatever. absolutely. Absolutely. And I have no doubt about it. I mean, that's... And look, one of the things is it's a very, it's a different culture in England, and then you've got a Vatican City within that of the royal culture. It's an extremely cloistered... <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, I dropped my biscuit on the studio. No, I was just, I thought you were going to eat it again. That was what I was <laughs> reacting to. <laughs> You picked it up. I'm like, is she going to jam no, that in her mouth? Because you no, have to I, leave if that's no, no, no. Out. I didn't want Phil coming in and giving me a mouthful. Um, yeah, look, there are cultural differences, and, and I... in the royal circles, you need to know how to act. And my mm. point is, the thing that they and I'm not going to keep rehashing the Oprah interview, but they when they talked about there not being any lessons mm. for Megan, that's like getting mental help for her. Mm. Here's the thing: one of not one of the benefits. But always used to be, you would be marrying someone from your world. Mm. Someone who belonged there, knew how to act, and, you know, knowing when to turn up in a ball gown and knowing when to turn up in gumboots Mm. is a secret code because it doesn't occur to anyone to explain it to you. Yeah, it's a hard-learnt lesson when you're a child. It isn't Princess Diaries. Those lessons don't exist. I mean, you could go to a finishing school, I suppose, and get drilled in it. But the idea that lessons would be offered now, now imagine you put yourself in that scenario where she's introduced to the family and then someone takes her aside and said, listen, based on what we've experienced of you so far, mm. we're going to get you lessons in how to act. Mm. You tell them to get fucked. <laughs> go go sort yourself. But, I mean, it is one of those things you said to me that um, years back was like, you know, you go and meet some of the, the posher a person was, you know, they'd be like, oh, just call me Bufty. Everybody does. Um, and, you know, you are taught as a, for want of a better term, a commoner, how you interact with the royal family when you meet them and how you, you know, you bow and you say ma'am or ma'am and, you know, make the difference, different distinguishing. Yeah, and it, that is, it is their move but to not put on airs because they're like, I don't need to do that. Yeah. So, but when you are in the family, it is a different thing altogether. Oh, and I yes. totally agree that Megan, um, no matter how many lessons that you would have had, um, but, you know, they're... There is a certain, especially with Anne, oh, my God, especially with Anne, like she's a bit, as we used to say in the schoolyard, she's a bit up herself. She she is. She is. Everyone involved. She's the princess royal. I mean, everyone involved is self-important well, and pretentious. She's, she's kind of like Margaret. Who does she think she is? Her? <laughs> but there's this need to be mean to people who don't understand your rules. Oh, I, I don't, don't think know, that's I cool. don't know that that's... Princess Anne all over. She seems pretty down to earth and accessible. She's a bit horrid to Diana. Again, her brother made a terrible mistake and she Mm. wasn't thrilled about it from the get-go. Imagine if it is, let's just play the devil's advocate, my favourite pinball machine. (laughs) If Meghan is manipulative and she was railroading a not-too-bright Prince Henry into leaving his family, who would be the one with enough perception to be the first to work that out and also have the balls to actually go around and say to everyone, this is a bad idea with this broad, something needs to be done about it. Prince Who Philip. would that person be? It would be Princess Anne. Yeah. So this is not an entirely unpicturable scenario to me. Mm. Again, Lady Collins saying there was no mention of skin tone. 
Mm. So I go, well, if a different conversation was had about something different, how the fuck are we even talking about the same thing? Mm. But if let's say if what the spirit of what Lady Colin is saying is that Princess Anne was leading the charge of this is a bad idea. Mm. Another thing you would say to Prince Henry might be to think about the colour of the baby. And here's why you would do that. It is not an unsensible conversation to say to Harry, are you prepared and understand what it will mean to have a black child? Because you actually do need to think about that. Racism is then going to be a factor in your life. It's not racist to point out that racism exists and maybe say to him, oh, you understand that there are racists in this country and a half-black royal baby is going to be given the business by a bunch of horrible racists. That is a thing that's going to happen. Except, of course, they've released a report this week saying that there's no systemic racism in England. That was the most ridiculous thing. How the... Well, you know that one of the, the people that they quoted on there as having consulted actually got on Twitter and said, I was never consulted and what a shock it was to see my name on here. I, and also, I wondered, if you polled a thousand people, how many would, in their own minds, think they're a racist and then would self-identify as a racist? Or, now, unless you stop a guy in the street who has an actual swastika tattooed on the side of his head, yeah. who's going to say, oh, I hate everybody, I hate N-word this and... Yeah, and also... And other who, racial who slur can, that. I mean... This is the problem when you use a lot of jargon, saying there's systemic racism in a system. People will, you know, who aren't terribly au fait with that will go, well, no, no, there isn't, until you start, you know, breaking down things where you find out that there's still laws on the book that, um, you know, that say for a very long time that, um, uh, you know, uh, Indigenous Australians couldn't uh, move more than a certain distance from the area that they were born without permits. So, you know, there are things that still exist on, on the system. But I'm railroading this conversation. So No, no, no. Him. I guess my point is that it's not... Um, you're not racist if you... Well, to take it from the other side, mm. to naively act like we, act, we are in a post-racism world, mm. it doesn't serve. No. And it isn't racist to say, listen, Harry, if you marry a person of colour and have kids that are of any colour, that's going to be a rough road compared to you just marrying a white girl. Is that right? No. Should you live your life on the basis that you're not going to upset racists? No. But you would also want to say to him, you better be aware race is now going to be a factor in your life and you need to be prepared for that and understand what it is to be the parent, to be the parent of a black child. So do you think that they were more questioning Harry's ability rather than saying that... I think they were maybe trying to alert... He's not good with nuance. Mm. And when they're saying to him, you know, it is going to be a rough road forward for a racially mixed member of the royal family, given the racism that's in this country. Mm. He heard black or he heard race... And then he says, says to Princess Anne, he's now screaming at Princess Anne, according to, again, this is all Lady Collins' version. Mm. He's now telling Princess Anne she's a racist. The president of Save the Children is now a racist. Mm-hmm. And she says to him, 
I'm the president of Save the Children. And he goes, oh, you're a white saviour. Good for you. Which is a woke expression that he would not have been familiar with. I wonder where he heard that. And now it's helping black people and not helping black people are both on the list of evidence that you're a racist. I mean, what the... Where, where do you go? But there's no way... He didn't know that phrase before she put that into oh, his I head. Oh, I think he would have. I absolutely think he would have. He's not super woke. He's completely out of touch. I think that you're being very unfair on Prince Harry. You've got no idea of what sort of self-education he's done, you know, having lived in Africa and done the work that he's done with Senebal and the other things that he's done. I, you know, I think that he has been doing a lot of self-education even before he met Megan, so... Yeah, well, I mean, Lady Colin has them both being condescending douches in her version of of the story. We're assuming that she's telling any truth at all. I believe that this is the story she's been told. I Mm. believe this is the gossip, whether Mm. it's true or not, I don't know. This is now what people are saying. Mm. That Harry's now super woke and he says his own words. There's nothing wrong with being woke. No, I'm not saying there is, but I'm saying this is Lady Colin's version of the Mm. story is that he's now condescending to the family. Mm. And it was weird. In Harry's own words, he said, I tried to educate my family. Now imagine if your not-too-bright brother and or son now starts lecturing the family about racism. He's lecturing people in their 70s and 90s about racism. And Megan's saying to them, I'm here to save you all and explain to you what you're all doing Megan wrong. Megan never said that. No, there's never been an no, inference that she's that's, saying I'm that. saying that's Lady Collins' version. And you can see... In the scenario of that happening, of course they thought, who the fuck does this bitch think she is? Because they think was, that about everybody. It was Harry having the conversation and they said it was early on. There's no inference that Megan actually said that. And just to go back to your point about him lecturing, quote unquote, the 70s and 90s uh, aged people, it's the same thing about this idea of saying, well, we can't tackle difficult subjects like homosexuality or gender fluidity or something when you reach a certain age, you stop taking in new information because it just gets scary and frightening. Oh, yes, that seems and to you, be the case. you can't use an ATM because God knows that's too terrifying. But, you know, the minute someone puts you in front of a pokey machine, you can sure as fuck figure out how to use that. And I would so, even argue that these people in particular are necessarily the greatest with change. Oh, no, of course they're not. They're English. Of course they're not. English upper class do not want anything to change. They have to have a stability to, to maintain this, this illusion of power and control um, that they currently have. I was going to send you a thing that Russell Brand said about it, but I thought that might explode your head and you might not cope, so I didn't. Yes, well, I'm also <laughs> not good with change. So moving really? on to the, the wave of cancellations. Sorry, what? Well, people, now that the Sussexes cancel people if they disagree with them, a la... Your best friend. Well, she sent a message, and just to update us to where we are now, Mm. did Piers have a come to Jesus moment and and, uh, apologize to everyone, or has he remained defiant and insane? So hang on. Piers has been cancelled, but we're still hearing from him every fucking hour on the hour. Well, he. No, he didn't even lose his job. He quit it. So I'm not quite sure why. How is he cancelled if all we can do is hear about how he's been cancelled from him? <clears throat> I quit my UK breakfast show, Good Morning Britain, after refusing to apologise for disbelieving Meghan Markle's disingenuous load of fact devoid baloney in her lengthy Oprah wine-a-thon with Prince Harry, much of which has now been proved to be untrue. Well, it hasn't. But, I mean, how is he cancelled if he can continue to tell us how he's cancelled? He's not cancelled. He also... Cancel culture is not actually a thing. People have... It, it's impossible to can- cancel rich white... Cisgendered men. 
Doesn't happen. Did Megan spend months flirting with Piers Morgan? No! Absolutely not. Now, I... Ugh. I don't even want to say this phrase. There is no evidence. This is the thing. Because... People have said, where are the photographs? The bartender was there. He said, no, none of what Piers Morgan has relayed has happened. She did not flirt with him. Like, this is the typical thing when a guy goes, oh, g'day, love. And she goes, oh, hello. And That's what I was wondering because you, I'm going to say the phrase lead him on, but just remain calm for a second. I hate those, of course, those incels and weirdos who go, she led me on, the girl at the corner store says good morning to me every day, so I decided to follow her home. Weirdos, right? In Piers's mind, it seems to be like, he doesn't come out and say it, but he seems to want to have out there this narrative that she led him on and thought that there was some sort of relationship in the offing and that she then met Prince Harry and got a better offer and he never saw her again. He That's was, what he's trying to lay into as the story, right? He was married... At That's the time when all of that was going to. on. And all he, do, all he did, I've seen the tweets that he put out, he just continually stalked her going, oh, I just finished the latest season of Suits and it's fantastic. He just never let up on her. Like, it was not returned. She did not go, oh, hi, Pierce, that was lovely, can't wait to meet you. He just continually put it out there about, you know, oh, how much he adored her and how much he loved the show. And if the Suits producers went, you're going to England, you've got to meet this fuckwit. She absolutely would have had to. I mean, that was her job. But there's no evidence that she actually did. He was sort of carrying on like they'd had some big drink thing together. But apparently there was a, a what they call a presser, which is um, people from the oh, show. I can imagine she's trying to promote the show and she's just being friendly to him and he thinks Or at least not else. spitting in his face. We don't know any of this, yeah, obviously. Yeah. No, no. But she never led him on. The guy on Good Morning Britain, mm. Piers is saying all of this because the thing I'm trying, the point I'm trying to get to is... I don't think what Piers is doing is racially motivated. Mm. If what you get from Piers is exactly what we're saying, that he is like some sort of stalker who's obsessed with her and mm. thought that she actually, on some level, thought that he actually, that she liked him mm. and, that, and now thinks, quote unquote, that he was led on. Mm. I'm saying all of that's crazy. But then when he got on Good Morning Britain and attacked her, the gentleman, sorry, I don't know his name, who confronted Piers was basically mm. saying, you're a racist. Mm. And I'm going, well, either he's sexually obsessed with her and wanted to be with her. Can you do that and also be a racist? Oh, yeah, and you hate now yourself I'm saying for that it. out loud. Yeah. Maybe you can do There's that. Somebody... Either he's in love with her or he hates black people. I mean, See, it's... this is the thing. Right? A lot of these reporters over there were going... Um, they were making a statement saying about, oh, Megan's, and there was one guy who actually said this, Megan's not a black woman, she's just beautiful. In other words, saying she can't be beautiful because she's black. She has to be something Even other like than she's black. She's so beautiful, she's almost an honorary white person. Yes. Jesus and fucking there was, Christ. That's some, now that's yeah, some yeah. gold-class racism. Yeah, yeah, there was at least two reporters who said that. And as somebody else pointed out, they are these pale, stale males uh, well, deeply... let's, not, let's not bring people's colour into it. No, no, that was, the, that was the phrase that they no, used. Pale, male style, pale, stale males are deeply troubled by the fact that they're getting a boner for a black woman. So they came out saying, oh, she's not really black, she's beautiful, as though a black woman can't be beautiful. And 
that was where the racism came into it. They're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 she's not black, she's not black. You can't make a comment like that about, you know, that you are uncomfortable because you're attracted to her and she's black and you're not comfortable with that. And there was this whole thing about, oh, you know, she's got passing privilege or whatever bullshit. Um, and I'm fairly certain she said on a number of occasions I was not given passing privilege in a number of situations. But all that aside, it's not great for me as a white person to comment on that other than this no, idea. Once you get into how black people are, you're like, oh, I don't even, this is such a yeah, yeah. weird it's, territory. It's, it's a very difficult area. But for Pierce um, to, you know, allow a, a background dialogue going on and there's plenty to show that he was supporting comments um all about, you know, Megan's mother and her, her background and, you know, the, all these little barbs that came because of, you know, this association with coming from a poor black background, which, you know, somehow made her less than. Yes. I um, mean, I think I think you do need some decent evidence to label someone a racist because that's a horrible thing to say about someone. Mm. And if you want to say that Piers is a, a pompous ass and a complete dickhead and that he's a stalker obsessed with Megan... There's plenty, of, there's a mountain of evidence to bear that out. Mm. But if you then turn around to him and go back, well, you're a racist because you're criticising a black person. Mm. We've discussed, again, black people, it's almost like a weird backhanded thing to Santa Claus black people that you can't criticise someone who's black or you're a racist. You're not criticising someone for being black. That's like saying, I mean, I'm not a fan of Bill Cosby, for example. I'm trying to think of a, per- oh, no, a bad but I, I, I thought that, that, that the, um, the, the anchor guy was having a go at Pierce because Pierce was saying, oh, Megan was saying, you know, that there was all this stuff going on because she was black and that never happened. And that was where the guy was... He, yeah, he accused you, her of playing the race card. Yeah, yeah. Am I racist if I accuse her of, of pulling the race card on everything? Yes. And she responds by calling you a racist yeah like you you as a a white person you don't get to tell a black person that they can't tell a black person whatever i like i can tell a white person whatever i like can't i you can't pull you can't say oh you you're pulling the race card i mean that's just ridiculous you don't know as a white person and i don't know as a white person um yeah that's a difficult area to weigh in on what is a racial issue for example i did not know that it was absolutely unforgivably racist for a white person to bring a watermelon as a gift to um, predominantly black firefighters, which I had discovered. All right, there's things about African-American culture that if you don't know about them, you're like, this is a completely innocent thing. You have no idea that that isn't to be done. But in fact, um, in America, you would know. But my, sure? my, my point is you don't get to say to somebody what your experience is. It's, it's, a, it's a form of gaslighting. It's for me, you know, um, you know, classic example of, you know, when I was first working for the, uh, the software company about being asked to make a cup of tea and trying to tell people like that was just absolutely insulting and, and, and um, degrading of my position especially when there was like a whole heap of staff to do that for us and people sort of going, oh, no, no, I'm sure he didn't mean anything by that love. And it's just like, no, you're so used to never being asked to make a cup of tea because you're a man. But you know that's 100%. That's go get your shine box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to fuck with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's this 
you can't tell somebody, and I, and I really genuinely don't believe that black people or people of color are out there going, pulling the race card just to get one over on you. I mean, I genuinely believe that the majority of people in that situation know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, I think anyone would have, I mean, anyone who doesn't agree with that is totally yeah. racist. I yeah. mean, that's, there's no fucking, and look, it's one of those things where can, like the, uh, the appropriation thing where, you can uh, you can only have a opinion on things that are directly within your purview. I, I, like I can't speak for women, mm. but I could talk about women. Mm. Piers is doing more than talking; he's yeah. judging, but not according to him, mm. because none of that honestly held opinion is based on anything to do with her skin color. I've been equally critical of Harry for his own ludicrous antics, and he's white. So as you can see, he's also criticised the white person, which that balances it out. Can't argue with that logic, can you? Checkmate, baby. Oh, my goodness. Now, again, I don't like Piers being silenced because I thought he's that he was... He's not being silenced. No, I know. When has he ever been silenced? He has got a bigger audience <laughs> than ever. Like, he's not cancelled. He's not silenced. Know, he can I'm talk kidding. as much as he likes, I and know, he I is. Know. I know, he I know. Is. I know. But uh, Sharon Osbourne got hit with uh, shrapnel from this mm. for defending Piers, mm. and she was kicked off her show, The Talk. Mm. And it was so bad, they've taken the show off the air. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus re- Christ. The show has been removed for retooling. <laughs> but she was like, uh, uh, one of the ladies on The Talk was arguing with um, Sharon, who's just, uh, she's defending Piers because she knows him personally and yep. knows him as a friendly, professional person she worked with. Mm. And the other lady on the talk, sorry, I don't know her name, she say, is saying, well, you know, what he said was racist. And Sharon says, tell me the racist thing he said. Mm. He's talking about his opinion of one person. Mm. And I had to go, well, yeah. But I understand then- what he's saying about the race, code, but the, the race card, but notwithstanding that, well, he's got a raft of issues with but Megan what, what, that don't all boil down to race. What is the race card? Just genuinely, what is the race card? It, it is saying as anyone a white person. who criti- as, as a white person, what I'm accusing, not me, mm. <laughs> this person, whoever did this, if I accuse a black person of playing the race card, what I'm mm. saying is you're using race. In other words, you're saying anyone who criticizes you is therefore a racist. Mm. And you are not above criticism just because you're black. Because every time someone criticizes you, you get to turn around and go, you're a racist because you're criticizing me and I'm black. Which is a good piece of logic. But as we've discussed, and (laughs) let's not get too bogged Mm. down, there's a whole gray area there of your judgment. You're making a judgment on the experience of someone you don't have the experience Mm. of. You, in most cases, if you're arguing with someone who's a minority and you're a wealthy white black man, Mm. the visual of you punching down on someone who hasn't had your privilege and experience in life Mm. doesn't detract from the argument or the criticism you're giving the person, but you're kind of unaware if you don't realise that's not a good look. Mm. Is that as close to a point as I'm going to get? Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) there is an argument that the race card doesn't exist and I can't comment on that because... It's, it's black people and people of colour who have said that online. It's like if you are – white people do pull that out, and I have seen it time and time again. They Lazy white people pull this out when they're losing an argument and they know they're losing an argument 
and they're embarrassed that they've been caught out on on something and they go oh and backpedal and say oh you're pulling the race card on me so it might be things like um you know they'll say something like oh well you know well historically women aren't underpaid in this particular area and they'll say well you know, you didn't do the research properly because, you know, the, the lived black experience is this. And you go, oh, well, you're, pull, you're pulling the race card because, you know, I know lots of white women who would disagree with you on that. And not understanding the point is that even within um, the... Making some sort of white lives also matter. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous point. And, and sort of saying, well, you know, I know white women who are doing these jobs and getting well paid. And it's basically saying, well, you know, I don't acknowledge that the black women have been underpaid because all you've seen is you know a couple of white women who've been paid well in that job. And then for someone to call you out and then you, you – I mean, I see it all the time online when somebody realises what they've done but rather than just go, you know what, I should have taken – I should have really thought that. And in the moment, they, their first response is, oh, you're pulling the race card on me. That's bullshit. People find it very hard to acknowledge they went off half-cocked or were wrong about something. Yeah. But I, I'm sorry, you're out of time. Okay. <laughs> go, go make me a cup of tea, sugar tits. <laughs> now, the return triumphant this week to the American Airways was Howard Stern and oh. his radio partner, Robin Quivers, who, as a black lady, felt, well, they, they were talking about Harry and Meghan too. Mm-hmm. And again, they know absolutely nothing. Yeah. But it was just interesting to hear a, a complete outsider talk about them. Mm. Robin thought that Megan was being manipulative and mm. that she was trying to hurt the family. Basically, the stuff we've heard. They were saying this is a pair of one percenters whining about living in a castle when the COVID's destroying the world mm. and they're very unaware, which was um, kind of what I thought it was. But what Robin said that didn't occur to me, she said Megan and Oprah were putting on a naive play. And I thought, and Howard's like, what does that mean? She goes, listen, if you marry any person, you're not shocked to find out there's a 70-year-old racist in their family. Mm. And when Oprah's like, what? Like, this was a big shock. She goes, I'm sorry to have to break it to you. Every person in the world has a 70-year-old racist in their family. Just the one? And you don't, well, exactly. <laughs> and she said, and you don't, as a black person... Mm. You are not shocked by that. Mm. You are not upset by that. And it's not good or right or any of that. But that's not a surprise to you. And it's not a reason to rubbish the whole family. Mm. Which, in their in Robin's estimation, is what she did. Because she said, look, I understand nothing about the situation. But when you make really vague accusations and won't name the person who did it, mm. which I kind of touched on this too, you're saying... Something terrible was said, use your imagination, mm. and whoever said it was whoever you'd like it to have been, mm. that's a maximum damage impact attempt. And she also said what we've said before, which is any black person, if you marry someone, everyone discusses, I wonder what colour this baby's going to be, and that that's a totally normal conversation to have. Who wouldn't wonder what colour the baby's going to be? Well. So that was just her take, but I just thought it was very interesting when I was like, oh, yeah. Was she really that surprised that there's an old racist? Everyone's got an old... If you're in a relationship with a man, he has a racist uncle. It's not that much of a bombshell and isn't going to ruin your life. You've probably experienced... Again, I'm talking for black people, so let's just move on. (laughs) It's the news. Oh, I missed that. (laughs) Harper's Bazaar. Yes, it is. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry surprised a young student with a virtual tutoring session. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex are continuing to celebrate Women's History Month. According to People magazine, 
Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan surprised a teenage student who was logging on to a virtual mentoring uh, session and was shocked to see the Duke and Duchess of Sussex on her screen. The royal couple were the students' personal mentors and tutors for the day following their promise to unleash a groundswell of real acts of compassion in honour of Women's History Month. The tutoring session was set up in partnership with LA Works and the I Have a Dream Foundation, which ensures children have the opportunity to pursue higher education. And I say good for them. Excellent. Oh, here we go. News.com. Kate Middleton, not her name. Kate Middleton's visit to the Sarah Everhart vigil sparks Twitter debate. I thought, I assumed, I'm like, oh, Christ, this is going to be all mask talk. Mm. Why didn't she wear a mask? But it wasn't. No. Turns out that the Duchess has actually apparently broken the law. Yes. And they even got the chief of police involved in comment on it. The Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Dame Cressida Dick. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to make fun of anybody's surname. <laughs> no. And why would you make fun of Dame Dick? What a great name. <laughs> Again, why is everyone like a character on RuPaul's Drag Race? Please welcome to the stage, Dame Dame Dick. Dick. <laughs> The entire march was an illegal gathering mm. because of COVID oh. restrictions. Nobody should have travelled. Most people who were there travelled too far from their home to be there. Mm. And too many people were gathered in one place. Mm. So the whole event was illegal and the Duchess took part in an illegal event. Mm -hmm. And I say, let's have her killed. <laughs> Guilty! <laughs> Finally, we nailed this bitch. Lock her up! Look her up. In other words. So was she there in a private capacity or as a working royal? Well, the problem is, and this is where Dame Dick got things a bit mixed up. Did she dick them up a bit? Because on BBC Radio 4, the guy says to her, so you're saying the Duchess attended an illegal event? And she looked like, oh, what have I said? <laughs> and then she starts literally fumfering. And she's quite a formidable, smart person. But you can just see her. She went, oh, I'm now part of a thing. <laughs> This is not the last I'm going to hear of this. So like, I, well, um, um, no, because, um, uh, should we be doing marches and having vigils in the middle of the pandemic? Mm. Uh, even if it's a great cause, I'm going to have to come down on the side of no, right? Mm. Even if we had something that we, that we a thousand percent supported, mm. you said, I'm going to a march for, uh, to protest violence against women. Or there's a Black Lives Matter rally. I would say, no, you're fucking not. Are you crazy? Let's wait a few months and see pandy-wise what's going on before doing that. And I, I think what the big problem here is, and this is, again gets into race and class, there was a football thing on that went on where there was a massive amount of people, like not even a couple of weeks ago, where the majority of the crowd in England was unmasked. It would broke the law. The police did not thump anybody. They did not hurt anybody. They did not arrest anybody. It was an illegal gathering, and there are photographs of it. They didn't do anything about it. But you get a group of mostly masked-up women, and it's the 99.9% .9 of the crowd was women, and, oh, suddenly they're out of control, and we've got to beat this 48-kilo woman to the ground and have six police officers on top of her. Of that. course I would go, now it's happening. Mm. We're not going to go in there jackboot and arrest people because mm. that's just insane. They can't single out the Duchess and chase her up because mm. she was there, unless they're going to do that to everyone who was there, mm. and I want them to do that to no one who was there. Yeah. 
I do think it was a bad idea, mm. even though the course is, un- is unimpeachable, but mm. it's still, pandy-wise, wasn't a good idea. Um, and basically, the police commissioner, she just panicked. Mm. And she was then, you could see her running through her mind going, how do I get Kate out of this mm. and change them? And she goes, well, because she, she clearly did travel too far from her home. She mm. broke the COVID rules by doing that. You can travel from your home if it's for work. Mm. So she just literally thumbing for something that goes mm. well. If she she could leave, she could have left her home and gone that far if it was for work. So maybe you know it was. A, and the guy goes, but they said it was a personal event, and you could see her go, oh, oh shit balls. <laughs> so no, she wasn't working. Yes, she just felt strongly enough to go there personally. No, she didn't need to wear a mask because the rules say you don't have to wear a mask at that time at that place. The rule was. You don't need to wear a mask if you're outside, oh, which okay. she was. So right. she wasn't doing the wrong thing not wearing a mask. I would say if you're wearing a mask in your car, ma'am, why wouldn't you at this vigil? Mm. I now think the advice that she's been given or whatever, the guidance she's been given by the palace is, is strictly, if a mask is required, you wear one. Mm. If a mask is not required, you don't wear one anyway. Yeah. I don't know the rationale of doing that. Why wouldn't you wear on the side of wearing a mask anyway? Well, as, as we discussed previously, I don't think she was there without security. I think she has security on her 24-7 and she should. Um, I think that she wasn't wearing a mask because she wasn't there with William and she wasn't dressed up in a particular way or, or meeting particular people that would be very easy to have lost her in the crowd. So I think um, taking the mask off made her more identifiable for her security to keep track of her. That's why I think she wasn't wearing the mask. Um, I don't think there's, there are people arguing she didn't wear the mask because she wanted to be identified and, and have people go, oh, isn't she good for being there? I don't think that. I don't. I think that... Um, her security would have just said, look, if you're only going to be there for a short while, and I think she's she will have had the jab because, I mean, God knows you can't have the royal family giving you um, COVID. I'm fairly certain she would have got the jab. Um, oh, I'm sure I'm sure they have jumped the queue and all have it, for yeah. sure. Um, but again, as we've perhaps learned, and I say perhaps because I honestly don't know at this point, yeah. where that doesn't preclude her from still carrying yeah. it and giving it to other people, which yeah. she can't be doing that. Yeah. What if she gives it to someone and kills them, for Christ's yeah. sake? So I think that they probably just said to her, look, um, if you're going to go into the, into the crowd, take your mask off so we can identify you um, if something goes wrong and get you out of there as quickly as possible. So that's my thought. I'm not a security expert uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I go back to that footage where that guy managed to run abruptly right up to her. Mm. And I would say if I was there with security, you need to, you need to co- if someone comes running at me like that, you need to coat hanger them 10 feet out, not mm. let them get right up in my face so I clutch my pearls. Yeah. That guy could have been a complete psycho. He probably was. Well, he was, mm. but I mean, he could have been, that could have been real. I don't even want to say what that could have been. Mm. Daily Mail. Prince Andrew is seen riding in Windsor with female groom amid fresh pressure for him to speak to FBI after Jelaine Maxwell was hit with two new charges covering the period after the royal became, the, became friends with Jeffrey Epstein. If I worked for Prince Andrew, which I wouldn't, and gave him PR advice, which I wouldn't, mm. I would say don't do anything where the words female and groom are included in the <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Good point. As a description of the thing that you are doing. Mm. 
Not much point beyond that. How long can he hide from justice? Apparently forever. I think he is going to hide forever. I don't. I think, think he thinks just hiding in the house is good enough that he's been punished enough. Yeah. For the things that I suspect that he did. I think there's much worse that we don't know about. And of course. And his um, victim has certainly said that there also, are. Also, what we know happened is. Plenty bad enough. Oh, yes, I'm not meaning to downgrade that, but what I'm saying is that... That'll be tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg, Absolutely. and a lot of other women would be going, I'm not going to speak right now because I don't need a target on my back. Um, but as we have often discussed, when these sorts of crimes happen, it's very rare, rarely an isolated incident, and it's a whole sense of entitlement about behaviour. Oh, yes. The mirror! Speaking, I mean, the Duchess went a little too far from her home. How about driving 460 miles? Who hasn't driven 460 miles for a shag? Which, I don't think that's what happened. Oh, I'm sure that's what happened. <laughs> you don't, you really don't think that was a business? Oh, no. No, of course not. I don't, you, okay, but let's, let's get to it. <laughs> Police question Queen's grandson after 460 mile lockdown trip to see woman. Police were contacted by angry locals in Scotland. Are there any other kind of locals in Scotland? <laughs> Kidding. I don't know. After a complaint, Peter Phillips had driven from Gloucestershire to see a woman, but he explained that he went there on a business trip. Why would the locals know who he was? Thank you. Yeah. This They set him up a treat here somehow. Mm. Somebody stitched him up nice and proper. Yep. Who's out in the road? I mean, I guess he'd have an English licence plate it in Scotland. It would be the wife's husband or family members of the wife's husband who would have stitched him up on that one. There's no... He didn't need to be on the road for any reason. That couldn't His have been company conducted. sells rapid COVID tests. So what? He can't put some in the post to her? I don't... Well, maybe get a courier given service. The way that, well, that's also why hard would, in the pandemic. Why would a man who is recently separated from his own wife? So they're separated, but I also think there's a thing where if you go to meet someone for a business meeting and they refer to it, he had a meeting with a woman. Mm. That doesn't. Mean, what do you? You wouldn't say he's having a meeting with a man. I mean, well, you're impugning a lady for having a business meeting with him, maybe. I think that they know more than they're actually allowed to say, which is why they've brought that up. Because the inference is pretty, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I am sure. um, You would only say that if you had a fairly certain bet that he was there for more than than a... um, Here, let me give you a quick swab. (laughs) Well... So to speak... (laughs) No, no, I, I totally think he did that for a shag. There's no way you'd risk... I mean, how could he argue it? I mean, is, is he trying to say it's a work-related thing now? Yeah. Ridiculous. A spokesman for Phillips said that he was there on a business trip for his company, XL Medical, which provides rapid COVID tests. If you flew into Scotland, you'd have to be in quarantine for two weeks. But he can just drive into Scotland and there's no one to stop 460 him. miles over British roads would take you a very long time to get there. That's Again, that's not safe driving that sort of distance on his own. He should have had like a companion driver. That, that's almost like to Sydney, isn't it, from here? Well, he had a Range Rover. Maybe he just drove in a straight line. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> what? It's an hour and a half. I can't have some food. Oh, God, we have to get out of here. <laughs> So what's next up on the story? News.com. Thomas Markle hand delivers letter to Oprah after being interviewed about Meghan. 
In a bold new move against his daughter, Thomas Markle has hand-delivered a letter to Oprah, urging her to consider him as her next interview subject. What a fascinating hour that would be. Can you imagine an elderly gentleman as himself driving all the way from Mexico up to Montecito by himself? Oh, right. I'm now realising if he went to Oprah's house, mm. he was within blocks of Harry and Meghan's house. Mm-hmm. Fucking stalker. Um... He was driven there by somebody from... Who was that? Is that the mirror? The mail? He there were professional have... photos of him handing over yeah, the yeah, letter. Yeah. So somebody from whatever news company that was had um, threw him in a car from Mexico, went over the border into America, drove up to Montecito, Sent oh, he's come from south of the border down Mexico way for exactly, this. Exactly, exactly, um, to hand-deliver this letter. And the look on the security guard's face was hilarious. It's like, what the fuck, bro? Um, and him shuffling away trying to look like some despairing figure as the um, tabloid photographer, you know, snaps off photographs hiding behind one of Oprah's bushes and... You know, oh, oh, we were just here because we lurk here all the time. I mean, sad yeah, and oh, pathetic. Oh, that's such a good point. He handed it over to a security guard. Mm. Do you think they would let a professional photographer loiter outside Oprah's house for an extended period of time? I mean, that doesn't even pass any kind of chuckle test that this wasn't a stunt. No, no, total stunt. And the thing for which is, he's been paid again. Oh, absolutely. But he's apologised. So basically, as part of his paid-for PR stunt... He mentioned that he's apologised many times for his paid-for PR stunt of the past. Uh, has and he? And Megan's very unforgettable. He's apologised a hundred times. Is that what he's saying? Yes. He's not apologised. I think one of his and he's ap- trying to be nice because he pointed out we all make mistakes, but I've never played naked pool or dressed up like Hitler. That'll be Sam who's given him that one. Scammy. And I said, Dad, say this. He wasn't dressed up like Hitler. He was dressed up as a Nazi. Mm. Which is perfectly... If you Here's my point. If you're dressing up in someone's military uniform for Halloween, mm. you're disrespecting them. Should he have done that? No. Is it super politically incorrect? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But I go, is it actually politically correct? Because he's lampooning the Nazis. People people who are... You don't dress up as a Nazi for Halloween if you're a fucking Nazi. No. And somebody pointed out to me a little while back, they're saying, you know, that they wanted to dress up. Um, and it was somebody who has some learning difficulties and they um, said that they wanted to dress up as a Nazi for Halloween. And I said, why do you want to do that? I said, Halloween is, is about dressing up as the scariest thing in the, in the world. And he goes... So you don't think the Holocaust was the scariest thing that ever happened in the world? And I went, oh, for somebody who has a limited understanding of some things, you're absolutely right about that. And he was saying about how terrifying this thing was. I I think you should have a Halloween party mm. and I'll dress up as a Nazi and we'll dress you up as Anne Frank and you can hide from me the whole night. <laughs> My husband will be saying, yeah, Joe, she's in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, that that classic story, if mm. you're young, you probably don't know it, about uh, the, I'm going to say, great actress, because she was terrible. Her name was Pia Zadora. 
And she was around in the 70s and she was on every show that had guest stars. Like she was on The Love Boat. She turned up in Starsky and Hutch and all those shows and she desperately wanted to be a singer and an entertainer. And she was a bit like Citizen Kane's girlfriend. She was terrible, but she had a really wealthy husband who Mm. would stage productions for her and literally finance movies so she could be in them. And apparently the story goes that they did a production for her of The Diary of Anne Frank, starring her on Broadway. And it was so bad, when the Nazis come on, people in the audience would yell out, she's in the attic. (laughs) Say goodbye, Katie. Goodbye, Katie. very much for supporting the podcast subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify or google podcasts please rate and review us on itunes and to subscribe to the podcast or join our patreon and hear those shows or to follow us on social media all the links are on royalgossippodcast.com see you next time antibacterial wipes on the desk for me and <laughs> it's all about sustainability yeah i clean my knob with them then i put them back in there <laughs> <laughs>